0: What's up, my fellow Narnomies? Welcome back to the Narnomies MTB podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and we're back. Except this time, there's a a couple new things here. Uh, First off, I'm recording from my laptop, which I found out is a lot better. Hopefully, this is better sound quality than my iPhone with headphones, which sounded like essentially a lot of mouth breathing and really quiet. So hopefully this is uh, coming across a lot better, you know, grassroots podcast, we'll get to a fancy mic and, you know, the whole Joe Rogan, uh, equipment before too long. But as I was thinking about it before I introduced the person we're going to talk with today, I was thinking, you know, I felt kind of awkward on the first one. It was kind of scripted. It was weird talking just by myself and definitely wanted someone else. So this should be a lot more free-flowing, a lot more conversational, and they should only go up from here, right? The more you do it, the better you get. So with that said, I'm gonna continue to keep these uh, really non-edited, mainly due to the fact that I don't know how to work editing yet, and it seems like a lot of work. And I think it's gonna be natural. We're gonna keep it natural, keep it real, um, and so there's no fancy intro, outro music or anything like that. Although I could like make something up. Maybe, maybe I should sing with my intro music next time. We'll think about that. Uh, so anyway, we'll get right into it. Uh, the person we're going to be talking to actually may end up being the co-host. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, this guy. Uh, It was a big reason for me to get back into mountain biking. He's a good buddy of mine and works out him being on the podcast first. Also because I work in an office space and he is five offices down from me. So I haven't figured out how to do podcasts yet when you're not in the same room. So this is a a great start. Um, So this person I like to call the outlaw of Josie Wales. I call him Josie for short. His real name is Josiah, Josiah Deegan. And uh, <clears throat> Josie's his nickname. Used to be a cowboy. We'll get into that later. Uh, used to ride horses and buck and broncos. And uh, we worked together in the past. And uh, like I said, we're in the same office area, same uh, similar stage of life. We both have kids around the same age, both similar interests. And uh, yeah, just a good old buddy. So without further ado, hey, Josie, welcome to the Narnomies podcast. What is up? I'm excited to be here. Thanks for for having me on. Excited to have you. You know, the other reason I forgot to mention um, I needed to have you on was because the name kind of came from you in some form or fashion. One day I was telling Josiah my idea of creating some sort of, you know, in quotations, lifestyle brand um, or whatever. And uh, he always called me a, well, you always called me a Gnar Hobbit. And uh, I found out that Gnar Hobbit is uh, trademarked or the name Hobbit, actually. Anything with Hobbit in it, you can't use or you get sued by like J.R.R. Tolkien or his peoples and uh so i had to pick Narnome, gnome but essentially the name came uh, you know from you so i feel like it
1: fits you really well well thank you you're always out shredding the nar. yeah yeah anytime i text you or slack you or try and call you you're on a trail someplace which i don't understand i don't i to this day i don't know how you ride as much as you do but i, I think it's great so yeah you forever in my mind you're the nar hobbit
0: well and that that's a topic in of itself, we'll definitely um, get into that, but um, I don't want to start it about me, let's start about you, tell us, give us a quick intro about you, where did Jezzy come from, and you know, you don't have to tell us your whole life story, but also tell us, you know, how you got into mountain biking, all the good stuff, maybe?
1: Um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Georgian native, I'm one of the, I feel like the few uh, that, that I talk to that grew up in the Atlanta area and still live here. Atlanta is a very transient city these days. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I grew up in the suburbs out towards Stone Mountain. Uh, just like any kid, you know, you have a bike, you're riding around. I grew up in an awesome neighborhood where there's a bunch of other young kids and, you know, we'd get on our bikes and and ride around. Um, so like biking as a whole was always, was like a part of my, you know, mo- like most kids growing up in the suburbs, like part of your daily life, right? You want to go to your friend's house, you, you ride your bike um and uh yeah i remember let's see i mean how, how much detail do you want me to get in here like where am i going with this where, well
0: i mean well, what was your first bike?
1: oh for, okay okay, do you okay. Even remember your i first do bite? i do actually because it was pretty epic so okay so this this feeds in pretty well so like like i said you're like elementary school riding around on a bike and there comes a point I don't remember the exact age I was fifth grade or sixth grade or seventh grade where you outgrow, like you have your bike with your training wheels Mm -hmm. and and then you get like the Huffy, right? Like the, the two wheeler, you're, you get your first two wheeler. But at that age you have growth spurts like crazy. And then you outgrow it where when you pedal, your knee comes up to your chin. And it was my birthday and I asked my dad for a better bike. And I didn't even say mountain bike. I was like, I just want a better bike. I didn't, I had no clue that I would want to do mountain biking for all I thought it was going to be like a BMX bike, but I had zero expectations. Um, And my dad for my birthday, I don't remember what, what age, nine, 10, I don't remember how old I was, but my dad comes home with this big box and it was a, uh, I've actually tried to Google this to find the bike, but knowing my dad, he bought this bike at Costco more than likely. And it was a. I say motive bike. It's M-O-T-I-V. Oh yeah, I know who they are. Yeah. Motive. I don't know if I don't even know. I think yeah, it's French do. or something like that. They I don't exist. Know. Yeah. But it was awesome because it had the shocks in the front, right? And no other kid in the neighborhood had a bike with shocks yet. Sick. Yeah, dude. It was totally cool. I felt like <laughs> I was I was the man. Um, but yeah, that was uh that was like my first official bike. And I was the first kid in the neighborhood to have a mountain bike. So all the other kids then got mountain bikes. Um, granted, I think the other kids got a lot nicer mountain bikes. They didn't get the, uh, the Costco mountain bike, but I love that bike. And I had it for a long time and I didn't get into mountain biking. It was still just like a neighborhood cruiser. Um, but I did get into mountain biking a little bit later in like, like high school years, same bike, (laughs) so you know, a bike that's seven years old, something crazy like that. And, uh, one of my, um, believe it or not, my, my sister's boyfriends, was into biking and he was like a BMXer though. Like he could, I remember watching him out in the driveway, like riding wheelies. And I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. And he could do it on my mountain bike. And to this day, disclaimer, I still can't ride a wheelie. It's actually one thing I'd, I'd like to learn. I to, can't either. I'd like to yeah. figure it out. I try and I still feel like my nine-year-old self trying to get the front wheel off the ground. Um, but that's when I started to get into quasi mountain biking um, because he had a Gary Fisher. Uh, I remember, I still remember this day of silver and white Gary Fisher, uh, mountain bike, but our idea of mountain biking was we only rode when it was raining and we would go to construction sites <laughs> because we thought that like, that was, that was like cool mountain biking. We like, thought it was mud bogging. Yeah, exactly. And it fits this guy. His name is Seth. He actually turned in, he was my brother-in-law. Um, he's actually, sadly enough, he's since passed away. Um, but he was like my mountain biking buddy before I really knew what mountain biking was. And yeah, we would go to, like, anytime it rained, he would call me would like, let's go mountain biking. I mean, we just destroyed bikes. That's hysterical. It's And that was, like, my first, like, that's what I thought mountain biking was because I had no reference point. Like, I had no idea that, like, trail riding was a thing or cross country or down it, like, no, no concept of it. So when was the, when did you find normal mountain biking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: um,
1: I mean, those rides were fun though because we would—I mean, we would be so muddy. We thought it was so cool. Right? Oh, sure, oh, this was hardcore. We had no idea. Um, the first place I like mountain bike mountain bikes um, was uh, a place called Juhan Park, uh, which is over near Snow Mountain. Um, I don't know if you've ridden that trail, no. Yellow River. The Yellow River. Oh trails, yeah, Yellow River. Yeah. I think it's called Yellow River now. Back then, it was called Juhan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is sanctioned mountain bike trails, and we went out there, and our minds were blown. We were like, oh, my gosh, there's jumps here. There's awesome downhill. And we had we could not climb at all. Like we had no like we were sucking so much wind and we'd see these people. I remember at one point, uh, Seth, that was my uh, my brother-in-law. We saw this lady. She just flew by us on a hill. And we didn't realize that like like seat adjustments, like you put the seat up or you put the seat down. And this was before dropper posts, mm-hmm. at least to my knowledge, is mm-hmm. before dropper post. Um it was hysterical. Seth stoppers like, Hey, why are you sitting down? Like, how are you pedaling and sitting down and going uphill so <laughs> so fast? So, I mean, we just, we learned a ton. Like as soon as you go out and ride trails, that's the cool thing about the mountain biking community is that like, for the most part, everyone's so nice mm-hmm. and they gave us feedback. And then we like slowly just kind of learned kind of step-by-step things about our bikes. We realized very quickly that we had awful bikes. Although Seth had the, the Gary Fisher was actually a, a good bike. Um my motive I had for probably ten years. It had a sad death though. I let a friend borrow it who was going to UGA and I wasn't really riding a lot at that point. And so I, this is college now. Yeah, like it was like I, I, I was doing military stuff or whatever. And um then he said, Hey, I need a bike to ride around campus, and I never saw that bike again.
0: That's so, sad.
1: Yeah, it's kinda sad. But I remember the bike. I mean, it's like I'll never forget it's funny that you asked what my first bike was or do I even remember. Because yeah, it was that it was a red and silver motive hmm. uh, had had front suspension, but uh, yeah, it was a sweet bike. A lot of good memories on that bike, man. A lot, a lot of mud bogging. <laughs> that's that's funny i didn't know that part yeah that was like my that was my what i thought mountain biking was for for a solid five years here i am doing this
0: podcast and i'm thinking oh, i'm gonna hear all the same crap that i hear from josiah all the time and yet i learned something new and i never knew that history about you so that's great that's why i like doing these i think i'm gonna like doing these a lot even with people i know already (laughs) um so all right so that's part of the story, but. You basically left off at college. You're in the military. You obviously don't bike for a while. You know, like most of us, life gets in the way. You do other things. How'd you find it again?
1: Um. Yeah, I think just community, like hanging around. Like I, I got plugged in with a couple guys that that you know now that that we ride with, um, and they were interested in it. And it was kind of one of those things that they said oh, let's go mountain biking. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know what mountain biking is and it's fun. I haven't done it in years. Let's let's go do it. Um, and I, and that's when I'm more like young adult. It's probably like early 20s. And, you know, biking is one of those things, I, I think, it, it like rekindles this like, like freedom that you knew as a kid. Like when you're riding around the neighborhood, like when I mentioned you, you're riding your healthy around or whatever, like your neighborhood bike, that, that felt like so much freedom as a young kid. And you... I think as adults, you forget about that because of life and time and who has time to go ride a bike. But if you do meet someone and they invite you to go mountain biking, like you get on a bike again, it it like the the, the nostalgia just comes back and you're like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Like this is, this is something that it immediately takes you back to your childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so easy to fall in love with. And yeah, I think we, we went back, we rode the trails at Juhan a bunch. we rode a lot at a place called Fort Yargo, mm-hmm. which is out towards, um, out towards Athens off off 316. And yeah, we just kind of fell in love with it. We, we started, me and a couple of buddies started doing this thing called adventure racing. Um, so we did a few adventure races, which uh, an adventure race is kind of like a triathlon, like your traditional triathlon, except instead of uh, road biking, running and swimming, it's mountain biking. Uh, hiking and kind of like trail running. And then usually there's like a, a paddle um, aspect to it where you're paddling a canoe or a kayak. Um, so that was a cool way for us to kind of take mountain biking and create like a competitive space. Cause I think me and most of my friends were all competitive guys and we'll go out and ride just, you know, just to ride. But it was a cool way to be like, oh, let's get good at mountain biking and compete And say we won something while we were mountain biking and adventure racing. If you've never heard of it, you should go check it out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, me and the same group of guys, we, we try and do one every year. We're pretty unsuccessful at it, but I think we have one, uh, later on the counter this year, the blue Ridge adventure race for those of you that live in Georgia Just check it out. That's cool. Well, so did you,
0: but when you got back into it, did you go right? Cause I know you ride, ride a Santa Cruz tall boy mountain bike, which is a pretty nice mountain bike. Um, and did you go right mm-hmm. to that or did you like, did you like dip your toe in? Cause that's like pretty going all in. You yeah,
1: know? no, that's, that's a great question. So I had a buddy who was, uh, I went to church with him. Um, his name was Caleb. He worked at REI. Um, and he was a hardcore mountain biker. Um, like that, like his whole family biked, like they were a, a, like biking family. It was like woven into the fabric of who they were. And he was a bike mechanic at REI. And um, like I told you in the previous story, I had lost my motive bike to my buddy in Athens. And he was like, hey, there's usually bikes at uh, the scratch and dent sales that REI has. And I can look and see. And he knew how to like measure, you know, how tall I was. And so as these scratch and dent sales would pop up, he would be like, hey, there's a there's an awesome bike um, that's going to be here. And for those of you who don't know scratch and dent at REI, you buy stuff at like, half off 60 up to 80% off of, of what they would, would sell it for normally. So he had a bike that he said would be great for me. It was a full suspension bike. And this was like, right. I wouldn't say right when full suspension came out, but not a lot of people were riding full suspension bikes. Um, and it was a salsa, uh, bike mountain bike. Um, so I actually got that. It was custom. It was, it was blacked out. I had like a black wrap all the way around it. So you couldn't see any branding. Um, but it was a it was a smaller bike, you know, typical 27 and a half tires, um, but full suspension. So it was awesome. And I was really excited about it. And when you get a cool mountain bike, naturally, you, it, it is nothing but a motivator for you to go ride even more. So I started riding a lot, too, when I, when I got that bike. Um, and I started riding a lot of, like, cross-country-type trails. I spent a lot of time at Fort Yargo. This Caleb guy was really cool because he knew where all these secret trails were, like outlaw trails, I guess if you mm-hmm. want to call him that um and i was still kind of in the stone mountain area there was a lot of really fun outlaw trails right off of highway 78 headed towards like uh decatur um stuff that i couldn't do i walked probably 80 percent of those trails but this guy caleb i mean he would i was so amazed like i didn't i didn't realize like watching caleb i didn't i was like oh that's possible to do on a mountain bike like i i would think that that's just like bmx kind of riding type type stuff like getting air and um, you know, flying around big berms and things like that, and I would watch him do this. I'm like, okay, I just got to ride one. Like, I can do it. Like, it's doable. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't some super athlete. You know, I was like, I can, I can probably get to that level. Now it takes me a long time, and I'm still to this day. Again, disclaimer: I'm not. <laughs> I'm not taking huge jumps or clearing tables or anything like that, uh, but I would say I've definitely progressed a uh, a good bit over the past several years.
0: Wait, so you said Caleb? I've never heard of this guy. Does he bike anymore? He doesn't bike with us. Yeah, his name is um. I don't, can I say last names on the podcast? Well, is maybe cool? don't. Maybe I don't, don't know. I don't yeah, know. The, let's keep
1: it kosher. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after the podcast. Um. But yeah, he's he's a big biker. Uh, he still lives in Atlanta. I've just lost touch with him. Um. It's not someone I, I talk to a bunch, but he was. I would say he was a linchpin in getting me back into it because he he kind of coached me on like what kind of bike to get because i didn't know ultimately like i probably would have gone and just bought something from target or walmart you know uh to get back into it but he really helped me and kind of set me down a a good path
0: and why did you get the bike you're at today
1: well okay so the bike that i got from him the salsa um it it was too small ultimately like i i had another growth spurt and i kind of got taller and fatter. Um, and I needed a new bike. I uh, the salsa bike funny story. I don't know, you know, the story. I don't know if I should tell it, but um, we were <coughs> oh, this is a great story. You have to tell this. I don't one. know if this is a good story. To tell this about. is an awesome story. All right, just so I was gonna tell a great story now. So, um, we were riding up at a place called Mulberry Gap, uh, which is in North Georgia. I forget where is that close to Ella Yeah, it's in the Bear Hoodie Trails. So like I said, group of guys, we've been riding and one of the guys that I hang out with, um, on a, on a a consistent basis, he didn't have a mount bike, but he's a super fit dude and he wanted to ride with us and I still had the salsa bike. It was too small for me. And by this point it's pretty, it's a pretty old bike. Um, I had bought a Santa Cruz because it, it was bigger and fit me and was a lot more comfortable ride, newer technology, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, Hey, I got a bike you can ride and this guy's a a good bit shorter than me so i was like it'll it'll fit you like this is probably a good fit he didn't want to invest in a bike so long story short we're we're out riding um at mulberry gap and and they have you know they're good trails they're tough they can be tough trails um big big long 20 30 mile rides up in the mountains and this bike is old (laughs) it had been sitting in my garage not ridden for i don't know how many years um i think i might have gotten a tune up on it maybe a year or two prior. Um, but Zach was, uh, just, you know, riding, riding this thing and we were riding pretty hard up there and Zach was doing a great job keeping up, but the bike was just falling apart. We get to the top of a mountain or a clearing and, um, we're taking a break, taking a water break, hanging out, taking in the scenery. And all of a sudden we just hear, and we're probably three miles from the trailhead. I think we're about three miles back into the woods and we just hear this big boom and we all like jump and freak out. We look back and the tire had just exploded. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how, because he wasn't riding it. I'm, I'm not, you might have a good explanation. I wasn't even, there. Why I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there. You I, weren't on that ride. No, I wasn't there. Anyways, the tire exploded three miles out. We don't have extra, like it, it exploded to where you can't patch it. You can't repair it. The rim was bent. I mean, it was, it was a disaster. And so, um, we, we, we were laughing. We were like, well, Zach, now you gotta buy a new bike. Like, you know let's and and that that was the idea i mean the bike was fixable but we were like well you loved it you've had a great time you you need to go buy a bike and zach's like no i'm just gonna get this fixed and as a joke i jokingly was like well it's my bike you know i think it would be pretty ceremonial if we uh dedicate this mountain bike to the mountain and we hang it in a tree and we just leave And that way you have to buy a new bike because we're going to leave. We're going to stick this up in a tree and all the future mountain bikers that ride by, they're going to be like, what in the world happened? Why is there a mountain bike up in the tree? So we backed my truck up to a tree and literally flung this thing up there and it's stuck on a branch. It was probably 20 feet up. Nah. Yeah, close to 20 feet up, I I would say from the ground. And we took a picture and kind of memorialized it. I need that picture, it was, it was by lot, the way. It was a lot of fun.
0: I need that picture because I'm going to post it, it up on the uh, the Instagram so people that are listening to the podcast can actually get an idea. It was epic. I'll never oh, forget. God. Narnomis has an Instagram. Yeah, we have an Instagram now. Yeah, wow. check it wow. out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I never forget when Josiah sent me that picture. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And the craziest part was, like, all over social media, people were posting – like Strava and everything, and and everyone's like, check out this bike that's in the tree. It's crazy. How the hell did it get up there? <laughs> it was it was hysterical. That's that's an epic epic so What was
1: what was even more fun, like funny about that story is now Zach didn't have like he had to run back to the to to the trailhead, and it was funny because we we rode we left him. We were like, good luck. Like we'll we'll see you at the bottom. And uh, you, I was like, you better leave my bike in that tree. I mean, he was so high up that he I mean, there's, no, there's nothing to do. So ran back and I remember driving and it was hot. It was, I think it was summertime when we were there. It was real hot. And Zach hadn't been riding a whole lot prior to that. And so he was just, he was toast. And we, we, we got there, we got in the truck, we drove to go find him. And I remember just seeing him walk down one of those gravel roads and he was just stumbling. Like he looked like, like drunken in a desert. I mean, he was so tired and we opened the, the truck door and he tried to hop in, and as soon as he tried to hop in, his legs cramped up so bad he just fell down, like <laughs> fell That's out of the truck because awesome. his legs were cramping up. It was an awesome story. It was a lot of fun.
0: Well, while we're on that topic, to wrap that up, so you you ride a Santa Cruz now. Mm-hmm. Your old bikes up in a tree, although I, I think they took it down. Someone must take it. They did take it down, which is really well. Someone probably refurbished it and actually put it to use. So yeah, I'm but it would have been a lot cooler if it stayed in the tree. For sure. For sure. Um, what is going to be your next bike, which is funny, because for those that don't know Josiah, Josie, old Josie um, can be a little cheap. He can be a little tight. <laughs> he can be a little tight. And so and he'll talk about this next bike. And it probably will be four years before you see him on another bike.
1: But I'm curious, what is, do you have your eye on right. your next bike? The Santa Cruz is an awesome bike. The tall boy, it's car, it's great. It's a great bike. Um, I've done a lot of shopping. Um, I like you turned me on to uh, YT, which I think is a really cool brand.
0: Young Talent is what it stands for. Is that
1: what it stands yeah. for? I didn't even know that's what yeah. it said. Young Talent. I love them. They, you turned me on. They have some really cool like videos, and they do a great job with marketing. Um, but I've loved Santa Cruz. I love that they have a lifetime warranty on all of their frames. So if you, if you do buy a Santa Cruz, if anything ever happens to the frame, they replace it, like no matter how old it is. So if you're riding an old bike something happens to the frame there's a good chance that you get the newer version of it which i think is pretty cool um, i don't know if there's any other brand that that does that there's not
0: a lot no i yeah. mean
1: there's some other high, real high end ones but not a lot of them yeah. so shout out to uh, santa cruz you can go sponsor Narnomies. <laughs> um, this is not an ad <laughs> <laughs> <Yet>. uh, <laughs> um, Summer yeah yeah um some restrictions apply so you look retailer for details <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I. I think I'd like to get into a yeti. I would also like to, to stay with Santa Cruz. Um, but yeah, I'd. I'd
0: Were you gonna I'd, go bigger travel, or you gonna? You like the tra- the short travel because you like more of the.
1: Yeah, you know, I've ridden. I've ridden the bigger travel bikes. Um, what are they called? down country? No, no. no. What like I'm on is like more down. country. More like a big travel trail bike or enduro bike. Yeah, like more of an enduro bike. Yeah, I probably would go to a more enduro bike. I think um, the the next go around. But like I said, I love uh, I love the Santa Cruz Tallboy. It's It's a great ride, and it's I'm riding right now. It's a uh, 2018 Santa Cruz Tallboy.
0: So it's good. It's good. It's still a good bike maybe getting long in the tooth a little it's bit. It's a great bike. Come but, on. But, you on. know, but uh, while we're on that note of of gear, um Josiah is is uh on that note of being a little tight. Uh he definitely wore um Home Depot uh workshop gloves when we first started riding quite a bit. Um he doesn't didn't own his own bike pump or shock pump. Uh I still he, don't still don't have a shock pump. You still have don't pump. have a shock pump. <laughs> <He did. laughs> and so you know, and then he typically likes to ride his bike for four years, three to four years, and then take it to the shop and basically have him completely rebuild his bike. Um thank you, bike doctor. Yeah, um, shout out, shout out to Joel <laughs> and the boys for that. Um all right, so let's get away from the gear. Let's uh let's talk um Let's talk some of the downers, okay? Let's talk your first—or not your first—necessarily. You can talk about
1: your first crash, but I want to hear about also your gnarliest crash. Jeez, my gnarliest crash—I mean, it's going to go back to—it's going to it's gonna go back to my construction site writing days. <laughs> if you want me to talk about that, I mean, that's, really? I mean, yeah.
0: yeah, you can talk about that. I—I I was thinking you were going to talk about that when you had a bear hoodie, but
1: oh, gosh. I didn't realize I have had—I had, have had. So quite, you've had a few. a few, yeah. Let's talk about Bearahody. That's more like real mountain biking. So once again, Mulberry Gap, um, shout out to you. That could be another future sponsor. Mulberry Gap, um, adventure adventure base camp up in LJ. We went and did a ride, and it was a really rooty section of trail. And to riding to my left was like a big hill, and then to my right was just a drop off. And it was towards the beginning of the ride, it was about five miles in, and I uh, yeah I I hit a root. I had my seat post all the way up. Um, I tried to fall into the the embankment to my left, and I put my foot out, but I put my foot out too fast and too hard, and so I just ricocheted right off of it and proceeded to fall down this cliff. Um, and it's a miracle I went head over heels, rocks everywhere. A miracle I didn't I didn't get super hurt, but I got this huge gash in my shin. Um, and all the guys I was riding with, they were like, Oh my God. Like they thought I probably died. It was that bad. Like looking at it, it was that bad of a fall.
0: I mean, I wasn't there on this one either, but I heard about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it
1: wasn't, it would like, like I said, luckily it wasn't that bad. I just got a giant gash in my shin and, but we're five miles in and we're planning to do a 20, 25 mile ride that day. And so I kind of had a decision to make, like, this is nasty. Like there's white stuff coming. I mean, it was gross. There's a little Creek. I had no med kit with me. Um, And, you know, the guys are, you know, they're razzed me like, you know, don't be a wuss, get over it. Like, you're fine. You don't have a concussion. Even though three minutes earlier they all thought I was dead. Um, So I I was wearing a headband. Usually when I ride, I I wear a headband and put my helmet on. So I took my headband off, soaked it in the stream and just kind of wrapped it around my shin. (laughs) You took a sweaty headband and wrapped it around your shin. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting that. This is not, uh, don't, don't do this in the future. But I just, like, I was like, well, I have to cover it up. Like even though getting dirt in it probably would have been a better, like sealant for that gash. But yeah, my uh, brain, I was like, oh yeah, I'll cover it with my headband. So I covered it with my headband and I, uh, I proceeded to ride, uh, ride the day away um, and completed the ride like a champion, the true champion that I am. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That was probably the the scariest fall. I also had,
0: wait, but then what happened? So you were fine then, like you went to bed and all is well, and you're. You I healed mean, on its own. Yeah,
1: I pretty much washed up. I uh, washed up once we got back. We were staying at. I thought I um, remember you
0: coming back to home and it got infected.
1: I mean, yeah, later it got infected, <laughs> and it got bad. But for the ride, for the purpose of the ride and the story, I just people need to remember that I finished the ride.
0: Okay. That's the, that's Fair the, that's
1: what people need to know. But okay. yeah, that was that was a pretty gnarly ride.
0: All right, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um. Have you ever bonked?
1: Yes. Big, big bonk guy. Really? Here. Yeah.
0: Like, when we're talking, like, bonk, we mean, like, <laughs> you're throwing up, cramping, like, heat stroking, like, just not passing out. Like. Okay, so
1: I don't think I've, I don't think I've bonked to the point where I'm throwing up, but my, like, my body does shut down, and I have been on a trail. I was out riding in um, Alabama at Oak Mountain um oak mountain state park they also have really great trails and i was riding by myself It hadn't ridden in a while it was like around the holidays so i was eating and drinking you know horribly and i was like oh i'm gonna go out and do a big ride at oak mountain and i got about halfway through and you can kind of tell like 30 minutes before you bonk you start to get these like weird feelings in your legs at least for me and you kind of in the back of your head you're like i hope i'm not about to bonk even even though that's like the telltale sign like yeah you're about
0: Okay, I don't know what happened there, folks, but we are back for episode three of the Narnomies podcast. Um, rookie move, I don't know, it just stopped recording and Josiah was doing awesome. He had amazing stories and uh, it partially got cut off. So um, that sucks, but we are back. We only missed about nine minutes, I believe, if I had to calculate of uh, awesome stories. So. We are going to pick up where we left off and we may have to come back for some of the other stuff because I really don't want to repeat it, but where we left off, which you didn't hear, was favorite trails and you were talking about Sedona, which was amazing, obviously, and then our local ones, Bear Hody, uh, Coldwater. And then I think you were going into like local, local, like you were talking about Soap Creek. I think that's where you left off. Yeah. So Soap
1: Creek is a favorite. It's an awesome eight mile loop. Anyone can go ride Soap and have a ton of fun. Great uphill, uh, really great downhills. And the local, I don't know who manages local trails. Is it MTB Atlanta? Yeah. MTB Atlanta, shout out to them. They do a great job uh, maintaining that trail um but my real local trail um is right behind my house and i don't even know if we should say it on the podcast i don't know if we should put that information out there or not but there's a trail oh um, for sure we have to okay so we should say it yeah so simpson wood simpson wood we call it the wood yeah we call it the wood um uh, right, right in the wood <laughs> uh it's it's an unsanctioned mountain bike trail but it's literally behind my house so i can go if i if i want to dip out of work you know 30 minutes an hour early i can go get six miles in and you know 45 minutes which is really you know that's awesome just to get pedal time it's a fun trail uh and something i would i would say um everyone should go find a good local trail that's that's close to them to, to ride but yeah i would say those are my trails and i don't know did they miss the cold water we are having a, a, a mountain bike brethren ride at Coldwater mountain in yeah. alabama february 3rd you want to come ride come ride February 3rd, well, February 4th. Is it February 4th? Sorry, and then February we're thinking 4th. about
0: February 3rd going to check out Ride beham the new bike park. Yeah, so if you if you want to go ride,
1: we're, we're riding. You're invited.
0: And I just realized literally bef- below the stop recording button or start recording says you can record up to 30 minutes in your web browser. If you want to go longer, you have to have an app on your computer. Oh, Rookie Move.
1: You, well, it's not even Rookie. That's just us not paying attention.
0: I literally didn't read <laughs> the main page. All right, so next time I'm going to download an app and uh, upload the file. OK, so perfect. Well, uh, we're only this, this is part two, by the way, for those uh, that didn't watch the previous or listen to the previous one. We have Josiah, Josie Wales, the outlaw of Josie Wales on the podcast. He's part of uh, the Narnomies as well as the MTB Brethren, uh, which totally got cut off, by the way. MTB Brethren, group of dudes. Uh, Josiah was an early guy in that group, and they adopted me in there as well. Um, Josiah just uh, recapped some stuff. He loves the XC. He, he doesn't want to kill himself. He wants to be alive, to come home to his wife and kids. And uh, I think that's really all you, all we, all we cut off was you love group rides. It's your favorite. Yep. And uh, we talked about the Brethren, um, which is a great group to ride with. And you like uh, XC trails, and and you talk through um, some of the trails you ride. So now let's talk about where where do you want to ride? Like where haven't you been? Like what's on your bucket list? Like what are the big the big the big ones for you next? Um,
1: <clears throat> so there's still a lot in North Carolina that I want to ride. There's a lot of stuff up Pisgah. I've only done a, a, like, I feel like a fraction of what's available and that's within, you know, three hour, four hour drive. So I'd love to do that. And there's a ride. I don't know where to do this. So maybe somewhere on someone on the interwebs can tell me I love, um, so I love mountain biking, but I also love to fish and I love to hunt and I would love to do like a, a mountain biking fishing ride where I'm riding some good trout water and you just kind of ride all day, like do some good, like not like simple little trails but good mountain biking where you're packing a fly rod in and you're stopping and you know you're fishing creeks and you do a big 20 30 mile loop and hit a bunch of different holes i think that would be awesome i don't know where to do that I, i would assume i could probably do that at mulberry gap um but it would just take some planning because not everyone in uh the brethren or uh the the nomes are fishermen but i am so that's something i'd really love to do i just I just need to plan it and figure it out. Would you like
0: bike pack it? Like where you get a bunch of panniers and clip into your bike and like actually like camp and like sustain on the bike? Or would you like? No, I'd like
1: day trip. Like like day trip. Like I would wear, I would obviously have a pack because I'd have to bring gear, but it would be like light. I just think that would be awesome. That would be a lot of fun because every time I've gone out to ride, it's to go do, you know, you just do a ride. Um, but I think it would be cool to go do a ride, go do some gnarly trails, and then also catch some trout along the way. I think that would be a ton of fun. That would be pretty epic. I get to do two of my favorite things in, in one outing.
0: Well, that sounds cool. I, um, have to say when I, uh, so there's another guy that we ride with a lot is named Trent. He's a young guy, uh, unbelievable rider. Um, but doesn't have a wife and kids, rides a lot. And when I told Trent that you were going to be the first on the podcast and possibly co host when your schedule allows, I am co host. Uh, uh, he said, Well, doesn't he have to mountain bike more than once a month? And I said, Well, you have a point. He has, doesn't mountain bike a lot these days. Um, so, with that, um, what's your response to Trent? And uh, what are your goals? For this year, are you going to bike more? Are you going to actually learn to like work, use Strava and like? I, I use Strava. I'm on the Strava.
1: I'm on the Strava. I just sometimes forget to turn it on. <laughs> Look, when I go mountain bike, I'm not thinking about. Uh, I'm not thinking about you know showing off my ride to the world. Although I like to, don't get me wrong. Uh, I just forget. But I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better about it. Um, Trent, my response to Trent is, uh, you laugh at me now. Wait till you get married and have kids, buddy. Uh, just wait. You're you're living the the single man's life right now, which uh, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm I'm envious of. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you get married and you have kids and you have a job like I have, you know, you got to be present Monday through Friday. And there are times when I get to you know break out. The past six months for me have been really tough because I also we have a newborn at the house. So it, that just throws another wrench in it where it's you plan to go on a ride, but the baby has a horrible night. And, you, you know, you, if you're a decent human, you don't want to leave your wife high and drive when neither of you have had sleep and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm getting I'm getting back into it. I would say I average I ride more than once a month. I would say I, I probably average twice, <laughs> twice a month right now um but i am making it like a concerted effort like i said to go ride the wood um you know when work is light and i can i can peel out a little early because that's not cutting into family time or or anything like that but again that's why i love mountain biking because it's not something you have to do every day to be better than most mountain most people that would ride a bike you know like you like as long as you pedal a few times a month then you'll be all right on the trails like yeah you're not gonna be the fastest guy but you'll be able to go on these group rides and sustain and hang out, which is why I love mountain biking. Like it's a pretty inclusive sport and you can go do it in less than half a day's time and have a great ride, get a great workout and, you know, build some camaraderie with the guys you're riding with. Yeah, I
0: hear you. It does. It gets really tough uh, for sure. And you kind of touched on, you have a lot of hobbies. You have a lot of other interests. What What else do you like to do?
1: um i do yeah i mean like i said i love to fish i love to hunt both of those things take up a lot of time so mountain biking is probably i do that more than i do those other two things um you know i'm a a big fitness guy um part of the way i'm able to kind of keep my uh, my my pedaling fitness up is you know work i try to work out every day just to keep the engine the the cardiovascular uh part of me up to par um even though that's that's dragging right now, uh, yeah, I got two kids at the house. That's a that is the hobby now. Keeping up with them and trying to to have as much fun with them as I can when I'm home and I'm not at work. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd say. I'd probably say working out, mountain biking, hunting, uh, fishing. What? Uh, so this is one thing i
0: have been curious to hear from you. So, Josiah always encouraged me to work out with them, and I did it begrudgingly a lot. I was hating life and I would do like his CrossFit crap or any of the other Nord gym type stuff. And, um, I would dread it. And I was severely overweight. Josiah remembers me from back in, you know, like the mid or 2015, 16, 17, just, it was rough. Um, and then we started mountain biking together. I think we didn't even realize each other mountain biked. We worked together for a long time and we both were kind of like casually mountain biking occasionally, and then one day it just like clicked. And you started inviting me with those MTV brethren, buddies of yours, and I was hurting. I mean, I was back of the pack. Y'all I think would have to wait for me like 10 minutes at every stop. But that's okay, we did though, right? We did, but I'm curious like, what, what was that like from your perspective? Like from the first time I went with you till now, like it, it was just.
1: What, what, so what? yeah, I remember telling the guys like, Hey, bring in the new guy, Josh. He doesn't ride a whole lot. He's just got into it. And so it was, I think as long as you manage expectations with the group that you're riding with, everyone was fine with it. Like you just know, like, especially if you get like, what you don't want to do is take someone new mountain biking and go to a complex trail system where you're taking a turn every half mile because that's going to make someone hate mountain biking because they're like, damn it. Like they're tired, they're smoked and they they're lost in the woods. Like you're going to hate mountain biking. So if you're ever on a group ride and you're riding with someone new, just let everyone else know. And that's not even to say that everyone has to wait, but if you invite them, I think etiquette is like you wait for that person. Like you can tell the rest, Hey, you guys go on, I'll catch up. What route are you taking? I'm going to wait for, you know, whoever is, is with you, but no, the, like the, the first few rides, I mean, a, it's kind of funny to see someone suck and win because you remember, like it brings back memories for you because everyone remembers those first few rides when you just can't breathe and you're like, this is fun, but I hate this, you know, that whole thing. So no, our perspective was, and it's encouraging. It's like, Oh yeah, you're going through the suck right now. Like, but what did I tell you? Like you keep riding, you'll be faster than me one day. And like, I haven't been riding at all. And you smoke me now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, and again, that's like why I love mountain biking. Like the culture of it is not you suck. I'm awesome. It's, it's just, Hey, we're out here to pedal, have a good time, get a good workout in. And, and, you know, if you keep riding, it'll be a couple months and you'll be hanging with the pack. Cool. Cool. Well, I have a few like
0: rapid fire questions, but before I get into that, um, I'd be, I'd be curious, um, what I, what'd we leave off? From the josie story what what didn't we talk about what are things that you wish we talked about like what you know what else is there to know about you and biking and i don't know
1: life i mean i think i mean i i, I don't know this is my first 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 time on our pod is this um, first time on a podcast first time on a podcast actually Woo! it's the first a lot of pressure wasn't i was very nervous had sweaty hands coming into this uh had to get a cup of coffee um no, I think this has actually been a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm not sure who's going to listen to this, if anyone does. I mean, right now
0: it's probably just the buddies of ours that are in the Narnomies and the Brethren. I bet the
1: Brethren will listen. Yeah. Shout out, Brethren. What's up? What's, what's up? What's, I hope you're having a good day. Um, no, I feel like we covered some good ground. Okay. Um, so, rapid fire questions. Don't think about too much. Wait, actually, I do have a question.
0: Uh oh. Yeah. Do you have questions for me, by the yeah, way? I yeah. mean, I'd have one. Sorry. But I would
1: actually like to reverse the last question okay what did what were what was going through your head the first time you rode with me and the mountain bike brethren like those first few times like what was what was your like perception of what was going on (laughs) so i'll say it was terrifying
0: because um first off i know you and you are hardcore fitness guy i know the type friends you're around hardcore fitness friends and you know, let's go. Military background, all this stuff. And I'm like, uh here I am. I always ride by myself. I only do it at my pace. I have no one pushing me. And I think I went I think I talked about the first in the first podcast. There was this Kiwi that got me um I rode with for the first time. Um, who pushed me and that made me really uncomfortable. Um and now I'm going with a group of these people, and I was like, "Oh gosh!" And I think the first one I did, I joined y'all for a Yargo sunrise ride where you, you guys would get up real early and do Yargo. Yargo is a big loop, like I mean, during COVID, right? Yeah, it was during I mean, COVID, right when COVID started, like literally the first month, and we're like air high fiving and you know, like kind of taking precautions, and but we were outside and it was, you know, Yargo is like a 12, 13 mile loop. And, you know, you probably have like 1200 some feet of climbing. And I was like, I got to do it. And um, yeah, I was, I was hurting. And part of it too, was the fact that I'm in the back. So it's not a big deal, but I knew you guys were waiting on me to make sure I didn't get lost in the woods. And it was like, I felt bad at every stop. Cause I was like, these guys probably hate me because I'm taking so long, but I mean honestly everyone was super nice everyone it was a great group of guys and that's why i still like riding with them today but it was it was humbling and it was it was kind of like but that was the drive that made me want to do it more because i wanted to eventually be a part of the pack and i wanted to like not be the guy that waited up on that's part of the motivation for me to keep it going and to kind of um to 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 not hold people up and it worked i mean i think that was part of my motivation to ride more so it was definitely tough in the beginning but you guys made it feel fine and you know and then you also on some rides would ride behind me and pressure me to to lead the pack which was even worse i asked
1: i said so many times it's your turn to go up front and you denied my request so many times finally you did it took you a while yeah you said no like probably a dozen plus rides and then when i did finally
0: take your lead i t- took a lead i tasted blood in my mouth and i felt like my heart was going to explode but that's what made me progress i think um pushing
1: and and all that so but so again like that's the cool thing about mountain biking like rarely do you look at something unless you see people doing like 30 foot gappers and stuff like that like you look at people riding you're like i can do this like it's not like there's not a lot in the mountain biking world that you look at and you're like that's completely unattainable for me ever. Like, it's all pretty, it's all pretty attainable. Except when you were on Hangover in Sedona. Yeah, I mean, that's, (laughs) but that's, that's, that's a totally, yeah, that's, that's stupid. That's stupid riding. But for 90%, 95% of the mountain biking that anyone's ever going to do, like, the average Joe can go out there and do it over time. Um, Next question for you is, you, like, mountain biking has changed your life, right? Like, I remember... Josh and I worked together at the same company for a handful of years and Josh was overweight, unhappy. I wouldn't say unhappy, but just like, you know, when you would come to those, you didn't like finding the fitness niche for you was, I think a challenge, like not sure what you liked. and you started mountain biking and from a health standpoint, I would say it, it changed your life, right?
0: Yeah, it was huge. I mean, it, it was definitely, it was a progression. And when it got to the point where I was riding consistently, I felt so much better. And it was, it was a yeah, major life changer. I mean, how um, much
1: weight have you lost?
0: Uh, like 55 pounds. That's incredible. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even to dieting. I didn't change my diet at all. I yeah, still, you <laughs> still eat
1: the same. You just ride a lot. And yeah, yeah I mean that's another that's been a cool thing i would say from for from my perspective And, and even the guys that started riding with you in like 2020 in the COVID days like you were a much bigger dude then and slow and now you're as fast as anyone and you're 50 pounds lighter you feel a lot better you're probably because of it you're probably a you're a lot healthier you're probably a better husband you're probably a better dad like mountain biking has done a lot for you from my perspective from an outsider's perspective
0: yeah it's true i need to put on the uh transformation so i need to find like the original picture when i started with you guys you should post it yeah yeah, post it to the instagram yeah and then and then show the uh the transformation there yeah that would be awesome um all right we gotta wrap this up because my wife's blowing me up I forgot to say this. I was a little bit flustered going into this uh, because my truck broke down. I have an old 1987 Toyota Land Cruiser FJ60 four-speed manual, and I was my clutch went out, Uh, couldn't go in forward, so I could only go in reverse or neutral. And uh, and you're giving me a ride home, Josiah. So um, and I got to pick up my daughter from tennis somehow. Um, All right, so let's finish up with the rapid fire. Um, I know you got to get to your family too. Um, all right, favorite band. I know everyone's going to judge you for all these, but you got to pick one. Manchester Orchestra. Oh, yeah, that's right. I sh- should have known that. Was that was so easy.
1: Manchester Orchestra.
0: And, and for those
1: who don't know who's Manchester Orchestra. <laughs> go, spot, go look them up on Spotify. You'll love to change your life. It's incredible. Great band. Local ATL guys, too. Okay. Um, favorite <clears throat> food, type of food? Oh, steak. Total meat eater. Steak. Yeah. Steak dinner. Medium. Steak Rare. and potatoes? Mm, I don't care about sides. Okay. Uh, typically, diet, I like meat and vegetables. If there's meat and a vegetable, I'm happy. I don't need fancy, I don't need mac and cheese. I don't need all the fancy stuff. Like, Just give me delicious meats. You listen to the Meat Eater podcast? Oh, yeah. Steven Rennell. Yeah, shout right. out. Yeah. Um, all right. Favorite book? Favorite book? Oh, my God. Oh, there's so many. I'll go with something that's lighthearted. hearted um, It's one of the first chapter books I ever read, and I still have a lot of memories. This is a kids book, but um, it's called The Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a good little adventure book. I've always, I've, I'm actually reading it to my daughter right now. Um, I think that, like, that book gave me the heart for adventure that I think I still, still sits with me today. Favorite movie? Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> That's so, um, this is a ridiculous question. Uh, Let's just go with um, Horse Soldiers. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, so good. Okay.
0: I'll check it out. Favorite color? Green. Okay. Uh, One that I didn't prep you on, um, but I got to ask. If you could mountain bike with one person that you haven't mountain biked with before, who would that
1: be? Oh. Oh, man, that I haven't mountain biked so i have mountain biked with this person but so my brother-in-law that i talked about before we got cut off he, he passed away um he uh that would be one person i'd love to to mountain bike with again now that i'm i'm into it like that would mean a ton and i know i'll never get to do it but um yeah seth if i could go mountain bike with seth that would be that would be awesome for me
0: that's awesome well, um, I thought this was a good round. It's kind of a, a two parter. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to uh, download the app next time. Um, and uh, we really appreciate everyone that's listening. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Narnomies podcast. Uh, we want to leave you with we hope you go out and search for your ultimate Narvana.